Okay, ready? Welcome to Cinema Q, where we chat all things film and faith through our lens as storytellers and as a creative married duo. I'm Ian McHugh, filmmaker, actor, and writer with over 10 years in the industry. And I'm India, photographer and actress. Together, we discuss the art of filmmaking and review what we're watching, all to discover what should go next in your Cinema Q. Let's do it. Let's go. Hello, friends, and welcome to Cinema Q, the Colonel's episodes. This is our first Colonel, and I personally am so excited to kick this off. These are mini versions of our dialogue around film and television that does not spoil the show we're talking about. I know some of you are like, wait, I actually wanted to watch this. Please don't spoil. So it makes it really hard to engage with our content. So we wanted to roll out these very quick bite-sized reviews to give you an option to kind of hear a non-spoiler version of the show or movie and see if you want to put it in your cinema queue. I love that we named it cinema queue. So today I am talking about Bridgerton and this is quite the topic and brings up a lot of different things. So Bridgerton is actually a Netflix original show. It's a Shondaland production and has quite a lot of themes in it. I'll read you the synopsis that they put out there. It says during the Regency era in England, eight close-knit siblings of the powerful Bridgerton family attempt to find love. So for a logline, that's not inherently inaccurate, but I have quite a few feelings about this particular show, and we're just going to hop right in. Okay, so whether you've seen Bridgerton or not, this will not spoil the show if you are planning on watching it, but in my humble opinion, it was not my favorite. So I'll just give you my perspective first. I only watched season one of Bridgerton, and I knew going into it, a friend of mine had described it as like, Pride and Prejudice meets Gossip Girl. And that wasn't entirely inaccurate, but it just was not my favorite. I'm not a huge period piece girly anyway. So I kind of was like, I'm not so sure these huge dresses and like the fancy English old school dialect is not my like cup of tea, literally, literally. But I went ahead and watched it anyway. And when I did watch it, I was just not super impressed. So diving in, basically the story is of Daphne and Simon. So the logline talks about the eight siblings. And yes, they're all there, but they're very much side plotted characters, at least in season one. And the main girl, Daphne, is like the selected girl to be paraded around. And she's chosen by the queen to kind of find love in this matchmaking ceremony that happens in this era of England. And then Simon is the man that's sort of interested to her and sort of interested in her. So in a classic rom-com way, Daphne and Simon are kind of being predicted as the hot new couple on the scene. And just like most romance movies, these are like opposing forces at first. And then it's not a spoiler at all to say that this is like the main love interest of the series. And so then we kind of follow how that unfolds. The boundaries around that or lack thereof and kind of what the dynamic is with these two people who are opposing love and falling in love at the same time. All the fluff and all the regalness aside, it's a very thin plot and I found it super uninspiring. I also found the acting not great. Like the leads did 
okay at best. And I think the supporting characters did a much better job than the leads, to be honest, which sometimes is the case. Granted, it's a lot of like staring and looking and drama, but uninspiring to be truthful in my book. So it was hard for me to watch because because Simon's character, like literally, I'm not kidding. This is what he would do all the time. Like, that's literally it. Like, he just gave us this look, like, as if it was sexy or something. And I just didn't think there was much to either his character or Daphne's character. If we're going to just, like, hop into the juicy, juicy British tea that I have on this show, I personally feel like the sex in this show is not only too much erotica, but highly highly inappropriate and problematic when it comes to underaged sex and pornography the line was like way too thin here's what i mean basically the actress who plays daphne her name's phoebe and she is in her 20s i believe but to be honest she's dressed and looks like she might be 13 years old and then you have simon's character who is supposed to be and look like an older eligible man, so mid-20s. I just felt super, super uncomfortable. Now, granted, I knew going into this, there would be some sexual scenes. My friends had told me this. And I was like, okay, I've seen sex scenes before. Like, that's not new. And I know my own boundaries with that is either like, if it's too steamy, avert the eyes. And if it's like not too terrible, I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, I know my own lines with that. And I think every Christian especially should kind of find their own boundary with what they're okay and not okay with allowing into their like sight. But for this, it was quite a lot of scenes that made me really uncomfortable to watch. So I did a lot of eye averting, but there was truly a whole entire episode dedicated to purely erotic scenes and a lot of partial nudity and a lot of just like uncomfortable sex scenes to watch too. It wasn't even that they were like showing too much skin at times it was like this isn't even of the era this doesn't look like loving and it was just like a little crazy to witness this show that everyone started praising because it was netflix's biggest show ever and it had all these record-breaking streams and i was like it's because you gave away free pornography like that is truly the tea with Bridgerton is that we gave people access to free porn. I will just call that what I believe it is and said, here you go, have at it. And then all of a sudden it gets a second season and people are buzzing and all these spinoff things happen because of the record breaking nature when really you just fed the male fantasy and dressed it up like a romance period piece that women would want. And granted, like, I think a lot of women did enjoy it and there's some elements that were fine and I know some women who were just obsessed with it like aside from the sex scenes anyway but overall for me the plot was way too thin for it, it to get that much praise and then the erotica just is not a boundary that I'm like comfortable watching. All that to say I think it was definitely definitely sadly overhyped. There are a few aspects of it that I do and did appreciate. For one, the representation in acting, huge win. I think it's really special and really unique and honestly so needed to see people of color acting in roles where historically they may not have had 
that ability to be royalty in Britain or to wear costumes that are of status. And so I know that that affected a lot of people in a really amazing way. And for that, like ethnic diversity and these really cool period pieces, I'm here for that. 10 out of 10. And then the I thought the music was also interesting. It's one of those hot topic kind of moments where some people absolutely hate it. And they're like, this is not of the era. And other people were like, this was brilliant. And I'm more closer to that side. I think it was fun. They had pop culture music like Taylor Swift songs, Katy Perry songs stripped down and performed entirely instrumentally in a classical style. So that was pretty fun for like the romantic girlies out there. It was a really cool way to kind of modernize something that would otherwise feel very much like Jane Eyre or Pride and Prejudice. So for the music and the representation in the cast, I think that was awesome. Unfortunately, further than that, nothing else really interested me about the show. The set itself, there was a couple moments where I thought it was really beautiful and intricate and other moments where I thought it was pretty flimsy and the coloring seemed oversaturated and too bright when they had an opportunity to mute things down and make it feel really dreamy and romantic. They kind of commercialized it, which granted it's a Shonda Land production and some of her stuff feels that way. So it, it wasn't too surprising knowing the producers behind it, but then again, we had an opportunity to make something really dreamy, fell flat. So all in all, I did not end up watching Bridgerton season two. I know it does follow a different couple than the first season. So I am curious to see what they did and what that experience was like. I'm not sure if there's the same amount of sexual content or if it changes at all. But for me, I don't really plan on watching season two. It doesn't sound like something that I would enjoy, even if the sexual content was lowered. So that's my take on it. I know that might not be a popular opinion for a lot of people, but I am here for it. I'm ready to hear your guys' thoughts and feelings. So comment below what you think if you're watching on YouTube. Drop us those hot takes and comments. And if you're watching somewhere else, share this episode with your thoughts. I also think... It's a unique experience for Netflix to create original content that actually does captivate. And even though the circumstances, I believe, are in the wrong spot with this show, I do think the world building is fun and they are doing new spinoff series. I think the next one's about the queen and her backstory. So for that, I also think that has a lot of potential. So I'm curious again to see are each spinoff shows going to have all that sexuality in them, all that partial nudity, or is it going to just actually live into that time period and grow and, and be a unique place that we can see a whole world come into play so as it comes to scoring for me on this show i gave bridgerton an overall score of four out of ten i know that is not what a lot of people want to hear but that's what i've got today i would not recommend putting it on your cinema queue unless you are super super into period pieces if you love kind of the melodramatic romantic films and if you have a strong boundary or kind of know your own lines when it comes to explicit content um, and sex scenes, then by all means, have at it. I'm not going to stop you, but that is where I landed with this. And if you have kids around, I would say it's definitely not kid-friendly. Acting for me on this one was like a 6 out of 10, if I'm being generous. Honestly, the fact that Julie Andrews had a voiceover like cameo is like the only thing that is giving it that score, really. <laughs> the depth, I would give it literally a two out of 10, maybe lower. And cinematography would also be like, 
a four out of 10, just because I don't think anything was necessarily out of focus. But truly, it's your call on this one. But for me and my kernel score, four out of 10, I think it's a passable show. But if you want to be in with the times and see what all the buzz was about a couple years ago, go ahead and queue up Bridgerton. So that is it for this week's kernel episode. Again, these are going to be short, sweet, bite-sized POVs on shows that we have seen or movies that we have watched and to hopefully help build your cinema cube playlist out and get you some awesome film to consume next. We will be back with another cinema cube episode next week, and we can't wait to share it with you. Thanks so much for tuning in. 